Welcome to episode four of Momplicated. I am PMSing. I know I'm coming in hot with the mild oversharing, but um, I wanted to say that because <laughs> I shared about it on Instagram last night and so many people DM'd me like same, same, same. So uh, I guess all of our cycles are synced up. Mission accomplished. I I do like to keep like kind of close tabs on my cycle specifically because of this week uh, so that when I'm ready to walk out the door and head for the hills and leave my entire family behind, I can remember that this feeling is temporary. <laughs> I have lately also learned to lean into it a little bit, like especially this time of year, I feel <laughs> I feel absolutely ravenous, like I'm starving so like all the time. I'm so sleepy. I'm like all in my feels and emotional. And so I've been trying to um, go to bed earlier, which never happens, but I keep trying. And I have been eating a lot more. <laughs> Basically, I turn into a hibernating bear. And um, I think we all know the phrase like don't poke the bear, but poking bears seems to be my family's favorite hobby as of late. So, um, yeah. And sometimes I start to wonder, like, is this my PMS or am I just not annoyed enough the rest of the month, you know? Uh, so for that reason, I have my therapist here today. I'm just kidding. But we do have a therapist here. We have the lovely Erin Spar of Feminist Mom Therapist, as you may know her on Instagram and also her podcast, The Feminist Mom Podcast. Erin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So this is actually my therapy session today. Surprise. Perfect. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think I found you, I found you a while back on social media and immediately everything that you talked about just re like relative to motherhood resonated so much. Um, I feel like, you know, we're living in a pretty intense time for parents. And I feel like there's so much information surrounding parenting right now. And um, a lot of it is, which is great, but it does seem like there's more pressure on moms like now than ever to parent the right way and say the right things and model the right behavior for their kids. But you're more like, no, let's let's take a step back and first figure out how we can you know, support moms and remove that pressure that we feel to be so perfect for our kids. Um, so am I, I guess, am I correct in assuming that you talk to a lot of moms who feel similarly? Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> a lot of what I post on Instagram is not just from my own experience, but like sitting with moms who are feeling anxious and depressed and just like lost, you, you see patterns and you see over and over like the same struggles. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think my Instagram is like wanting to sort of put that out into the world and try to help moms feel like less like they're failing and they're not doing it right and they're overwhelmed. So I just want to like everyone to like take a deep breath. Yeah. And help you feel less alone. Like you're like, oh, I'm not crazy. Everyone's experiencing this. Right. And you can't know that. That's part of what's cool about being a therapist. It's, it's not just like the training we get. It's like we keep 
seeing these patterns and it's a lot easier for me to say actually like i just saw 10 people this week who were saying something almost identical to what you're saying right right and that can be really just relieving because people often feel like a lot of shame if they feel like what is happening to them is somehow like weird or rare right Right. Yeah. So it's always just yeah, comforting to know that you're not alone in those feelings because I feel like it does lead to like that, that what wrong, what is wrong with me? Like shame, internal struggle. <laughs> um, something else that you talked about on social media that I want to get into is the girl boss feminism. You had a quote about this that you shared to Instagram, and I'm going to read it because I want to shout it from the rooftops. Uh, And I guess now that I have this fancy microphone, I can kind of do that. So I'm going to read it to you. You said, girl boss feminism has not worked for many of us, especially mothers, but that doesn't mean that we don't need feminism. We need a feminism that is inclusive of the needs and interests of mothers. One that doesn't force us into subservience, but also doesn't force us to deny our motherhood in order to participate in society. Aaron, where the hell were you from 2016 to 2019 when I was eating up all that nap time hustle boss babe bullshit? <laughs> were you were you leaning in? Were you boss babe? Oh my babing? god, I was leaning in with kids all over me. <laughs> yeah. I know we we were lied to. Yeah, I was totally duped into thinking like that was the way to have it all, man. Uh, so, yeah. what does feminism look like that's inclusive of mothers? Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, none of these ideas of mine are like uh, original. <laughs> like they come from different influences. So that mm-hmm. that really comes from uh, Andrea O'Reilly, who is like. Um, one of the sort of founding sociologists of matres- or matricentric, it's such a hard word, matricentric feminism. So mm-hmm. that is like a type, like sort of a type of feminism that centers moms, right? Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of feminism before was really about helping to, if you think about like the second wave feminism, you know, we, we were getting women into into the workplace, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like progress for for women who weren't able to. Right. Um but it didn't it didn't actually change we didn't change society in a way that actually made um things work for for mothers, right? We mm-hmm. we kind of just like, okay, everyone get to work, almost like act like a man, right? Like right. act in a in a world that was made for men, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. I think the way to get ahead, and this is actually, you know, another way of saying girl boss feminism is white feminism, which okay. I actually did a, a podcast, my own, my own podcast, um, had a conversation. <laughs> hey, promote that shit. Promote, I'm promoting it. <laughs> um, I had a, I had a conversation with Koa Beck, who wrote a book about white feminism, which is like the idea of not really changing the, the way we do things more like fitting in to patriarchy like mm-hmm. white you know lean in just act yep. like a man do and that's yeah. that's not actually changing things Climb for most people ladder yeah right also, and that's who's privileged. watching the children and child care is too expensive so. right and who can be successful <laughs> in that only mm-hmm. super privileged like white women who have access to those positions it doesn't actually help most of us right got it 
So not just centric feminism is the idea that we need to be kind of prioritizing care work, right? Prioritizing Mm -hmm. and like valuing like the work we're doing in our society. It's so undervalued, right? It's like unpaid. So therefore it's not important, but it's right. Which is such, yeah. And I, I did touch on that a little bit in uh, the last episode that we recorded, like it took me a long time as a stay at home mom to value the work that I did. Um, and it does me, you know, I, I spend too much time on social media. Um, and I am so, you know, you see the comments of like, well, no, it's stay at home. Being a stay at home mom, like isn't a job because it's not paid. And I'm like, so how much do you have to get paid for something to be work, for something to be a job? So if I'm paid like one penny an hour, is it now officially a job? Like what is your what is your made up, you know, they have these like made up definitions of what counts as work. And it's also assuming that like if you're going to go down that path, then you're saying the more money someone makes, the more important their job is. And we know yeah. that not to be true. Right. But so. Capitalism kind of makes that the case well, right yes. it, yeah it's like that's what we value in our mm-hmm. society is like what where the money is rather than exactly like other things are more important right right oh yeah um well and so i guess on that topic you you're a therapist you have a social media presence that's like wonderfully supportive you have a podcast so do you mind me asking, like, what is your childcare setup? Because I feel like you do so much and you are so great at all of it. So I'm always curious, like, what that looks like for other moms behind the scenes yeah. and, and dads and parents, right? Because it's all of our problems. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Happy, happy to, like, I love transparency. Um, so I consider myself, like, working full time as a therapist. And then I, like, squeeze in all these things mm-hmm. um but f- even before the instagram and the podcast and stuff i pretty much have had my kids like in daycare full-time 40 weeks um that was pretty traumatic early on when mm-hmm. you know i right now i work for myself but when my kids were little so i have, a, I have an 11 year old and a five-year-old and when my 11 year old and five-year-old like I had to put them in daycare, full-time daycare at 12 weeks um, with both of them because I worked for, you know, a hospital mm-hmm. and that was the only thing I could do. I didn't have any yeah. other choice. I couldn't afford to take more time. That was all I got. So I felt that was so, I, I felt like it was traumatic to have to, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel right. I never felt ready. Didn't feel like my little baby was ready. Right. Um, so that was sort of like, you know, you know, and then hustling and picking them up and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so now that they're in, in school, I can work, I'm working from home. I'm in a different situation. I get to take them to the bus stop in the morning. So I schedule my life around that. I pick them up from the bus stop. So I'm really lucky that I can sort of, um, create my own schedule in that way now. Um, but I, you know, before it was just like, I hated that. Yeah, we did that. The, the daycare shuffle is it's so much more stressful than than people realize i think like the yeah who's dropping them off who's picking them up i'm running late yeah it's and then when they're when they're just tiny little babies oh yeah 
and then they're and, getting sick and then you're out and we don't have sick. enough paid time off and yep. oh, yeah. so yeah. I feel like I'm past that point now but I mm-hmm. remember it well and I I'm not against daycare I'm not against any no. situation everyone's like having to like figure it out and nothing mm-hmm. kind of is the ideal like right. being a stay-at-home mom if that's something that people really love to do and want to do it's still not ideal because often you need a break often you right. need some support and it feels like i know a lot of moms i talk to feel like they aren't allowed to take a break they don't mm-hmm. you know they can't justify it right and that's it's funny because you know i i've worked full-time i've worked part-time um I've kind of done every working situation I feel like there is to do with kids. And um, there are like a handful of things I really miss about being a working parent. And one of them was mm-hmm. like, once you're paying for that child care, you, you feel for the better or worse, almost pressured to use it. And so I, you know, I was a teacher. And so if we had like a random day off or whatever, I could actually still send my son to daycare. Of course, it came with a tremendous amount of guilt and like Mm. shame about how dare I, you know, do that. But even, um, you know, doctor's appointments and stuff, I struggle with that now. Luckily, we live closer to my parents than we have in the past, but I have taken my toddler and babies to multiple doctor's appointments, which I feel like is so disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you know, you're not fully focused on on the appointment. And um, you know, I, going to the dentist, I'm like, I literally cannot take a child to the dentist, but now I'm no. paying for child care so that I can go get a crown replaced. <laughs> this seems a little, little backwards. Yeah. Yeah, that's tricky. That, <laughs> yeah. How do you go to the dentist with a with a child like hanging? Especially like it? a busy one. You know, one of my my middle one would have probably sat there with a tablet. My youngest never. Like mm-hmm. I, there's so we could say so much about childcare, right? In the US right now. Like not only do we need to um address like maternity paternity leave, but then even if you had the most generous maternity and paternity leave like if we had a year right Mm -hmm. that still leaves like four years until your child starts school yeah where so many parents are scrambling to Mm -hmm. to find you know adequate care for their children and um yeah i just i hope change is coming in that respect (laughs) i really do i think more and more people are waking up to it but Right. And a lot of times it's like then women who I talk to who are like want to maybe want to work or want to enter the workforce, Mm -hmm. like they don't know how. Right. They don't know how to do it because it's just like disruption. And I'm actually in a similar position because I would, I've always said like I'd love to go back to work part time. Finding part time childcare where we live is really challenging. Um, I became a stay at home mom because it was kind of the, now I really enjoy it. But at the time, it was just the path of least resistance. Sure. Uh, We didn't have childcare options and I wasn't a teacher, so I didn't make much money anyways. (laughs) By the time we had our second, and you know, you consider childcare costs. It really didn't make sense. And so, yeah, I think that's that. And that's a lot of women's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, in episode one, we actually talked about like, 
you know, what, what moms were hoping for for 2024. And so many people said they really, you know, self-care came up a lot. Like they mm-hmm. wanted to put themselves first. And we are still very much in the beginning of the year. And so I do feel like it's such a relevant um, concept right now. But I feel like the words like self-care have been thrown around so much yeah. that it's almost lost its meaning and now it's just like owned by the skincare companies that are like trying to sell us shit so what what are we calling self-care like especially as it pertains to moms and then why like why is it important and then why is it seemingly so difficult for us Mm -hmm. to commit to because i feel like this is something that i really struggle with and i feel like i can't be the only person (laughs) yeah that the the self-care question I think has been a big one maybe since the pandemic it was sort of like the topic of what moms are going through I think we became super aware that moms were burnt out and overwhelmed and there's this conversation since then about okay we we got to do something to manage the burnout um, I actually have a lot of feelings about like self-care as a concept. Like I'm not somebody who throws it around a lot because um, I, what I do like, I'll say what I like about it and what I don't like about it. What I Perfect. like about it is moms, women in general have been socialized to um, right be attuned to everyone's needs, right? We've learned it's our job to make sure like everybody's okay, everyone has what they need, like physically, emotionally, right? And so because we live in this society where it kind of like, it's only on us, a lot of us Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of support, we don't live in multi-generational families with like grandma and grandpa and auntie, whoever, helping, it's like, there's not, often there's not a lot left for us, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, I also think that a lot of us have learned to prioritize our, our partnerships, right? In a way that a lot of men haven't to the same degree, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of women are, they're, they're trying to take care of the kids. They're trying to like invest in the relationship because we know that's an important thing to, to worry about. And because so we get that message so much that like, well, you have, yes, your marriage is so important for your kids too. So make sure you're not forgetting about that. <laughs> totally. Yes. And like, yeah, so relationships are like our job. Um, and so, yeah, there's like not a lot left. And, and so I think moms often need the reminder, they need the permission to, to prioritize that. And there's a lot that gets in the way, right? There's time, there's guilt. There's mm-hmm. like, who's going to do this stuff if I'm, if I step away, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't have a partner or other support who they trust to like take over. And that's the part that I don't love about self-care. I think that self-care, and we can talk a little bit more like what that means. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. self-care can be a million things. It could be setting a boundary. That's taking care of yourself. Mm. Well, and that's what I always wonder. I'm like, is this really, is self-care just meeting our basic needs and this has just been repackaged and sold back to us as like now this is some like make sure you're also doing this thing whenever it should have just been talked about as our basic needs all along not being met (laughs) 
Right. Like it's like this extra thing we're doing now because right. we've been so deprived of our basic needs. Like self-care is like going outside and like showering for more than like one minute while your kid's screaming and the, right. Like it's, it's right. taking care of yourself. Right. Um, so the, but the, it feels like the um, baseline was we were not taking care of ourselves. Um so yeah, I think self-care we can think of as like rest, we can think of as like hobbies, we can think about all the things that we need and some feel like more like basic needs and some feel Got a bit it. more like extra and they're all important. Okay. Um, but what I don't love is I think a lot of times they require support. So this mm -hmm. idea of moms having to then dig into like the resources that they in time that they already have that they're so spread thin mm -hmm. and then like also take care of themselves means it doesn't right. require anything of anyone else it doesn't require anything of our partners or society or right to right or community and so i right. think we really should be also talking about community care like mm. right like wh why is it that we're telling moms to just like fix fix it themselves yeah this is on you <laughs> Yeah. Another thing on you. Got it. So it, it it's like not only meeting your basic needs, but probably also going beyond that to like what does what lights you up? What like makes you feel like a whole person again? Um, but then how do we achieve this in a way that like it's not just all falling on mom? Because like you said, time is a big factor. And I know, I feel, you know, we're all busier than ever. Um, and I have to constantly remind myself like that there's only so many hours in the day. And like every time you're saying yes to one thing, you're going to have to say no to another. Like mm -hmm. you can't, you can't just keep doing it all. Um, and then the guilt piece, I think, is also so huge because I, I don't know where that guilt comes from mm -hmm. because when I thought about it in the sense of like when I consider how much and I, I feel like probably a lot of people are on similar boats when I consider the amount of like time energy and money we've invested in our kids enrichment and like making sure that they are taken care of in every possible way um, and then we compare that to like the time and money and energy that we're putting into our own enrichment, you're almost like, oh my God, like <laughs> there's nothing left. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, it's like, and I find for myself, you know, I'm to a phase where my youngest is three. And so mm -hmm. I'm the basic needs part is getting a lot easier, which is fantastic. But there also is that like, I'm, I'm, you know, emerging from this phase that was very, that was felt very intense, like the younger children phase. And I'm like coming out of that and I'm ready to learn like what I enjoy again and like what does fill yeah. me up. But I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like it, and figuring it out almost feels like this like monumental task. Yeah. Like what's what's my hobby? Like what my hobby has yeah. been like taking care of like <laughs> diapers and like right. that's so that's it's all almost I have like, time yeah. for. And it's like you you almost need time and space just to figure out what that is. Yeah. Like 
Um, but yeah, and then obviously the the logistics of it all and childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, you know, I don't know about other people, but I also feel like I, as a stay at home mom, like I think about my house is like my place of business, and to get out of that mindset where I just. I'm able to look around and see everything that needs to be done in order to like actually take time for myself. Like I have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I can't do those things that fill me up in the house because I'll just, you know, like I said, see everything that needs done and go on autopilot and you know, never, never really end up doing those things that I set out to do for myself. Yeah, totally. I hear that a lot. I feel like there's also kind of like a, like differences in like introvert moms versus extrovert mm. moms. Are you like an extrovert mom? I'm totally extroverted. Yeah. Yeah. I think extrovert moms really like need to get out. They need like, you know, novelty and stimulation and all of that. And so I think a lot of times introvert moms, they just want to like get cozy and stay in. They're and, better and all at of that. that. Yeah. Uh, got yeah. It. Embracing like the being at home piece of it. Yeah, that makes sense because I definitely like I absolutely get my energy from being around other people and talking to other people. I mean, as I do feel like as a a mom, I value alone time more than I ever did before, obviously, because I'm surrounded by children all the time. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I guess it does come down like a lot of it comes down to just knowing yourself and learning yourself and what those things are that serve you and fill you up. Yeah. You were saying like the community care aspect, what does that look like? So so community care would be what what helps me step away? Like for you, mm. you're saying like for you, your hobbies, things that you want to do mean you need to leave the house. And mm-hmm. we can do hobbies with our kids. So you can involve them. But that's sometimes that's the need is for something just like to help you feel like a person, like outside of mom, like just Mm -hmm. another part of you, another side of you. Um, So that usually means someone's got to be with the kids, right? Right. And if you have a partner who doesn't, isn't very supportive in that way or sort of makes a big deal out of that, um, or you're a single parent or, you know, your your schedule is so much that like you, you can't do that. I think we need to have people in our lives who can step in. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's more conversation right now happening around like the village and kind of how Mm -hmm. that's been missing. And so I think having um, like people like in your community, like how, you know, I I feel like mom friends are super Mm -hmm. important and having like actually being able to lean on the mom friend, actually accepting help from a mom friend, like it can be so, so tough, hard, yeah. right? Because we're like, we're supposed to be independent. I don't want to be a burden. Don't yeah. Be a burden. Yeah. So I think we all have to like be a burden. Just like mm-hmm. let yourself be a burden and Own understand it. that it's like reciprocal and be that for someone else. Right. Um, so I think that's a challenge I think we're kind of going through and figuring out, okay, we want this village. We, we know we need time away. Wh- who's going to help with that? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess that kind of leads into the next thing I was going to ask you about. Um, you know, this episode is going to air right before Valentine's Day. So I thought we could get Uh-oh. into the really sexy stuff like division <gasps> of labor. <laughs> and I am actually wearing my domestic engineer sweatshirt today in honor Perfect. of this. Oh, I love um, it. But yeah, like 
so I think things like domestic labor, invisible labor and division of labor are getting more attention now. Uh, but for those who don't have like a lot of experience in this area, what is the division of labor like as it pertains to a household? Yeah, so it's kind of like what needs done to run a household, which means like if you have children, there's care work, there's ch- like child care, there's the the sort of mental load of like knowing what has to be done, which like historically a lot of women end up because of all mm-hmm. the reasons, the forces of our society, like somehow we we find ourselves like, I guess I have to hold this and I guess I have to think about that and I guess I have to, right? And so a lot of times, um, like let's say in heterosexual partnerships, um, prior to kids, things can kind of be pretty equal. A lot of mm-hmm. partners or a lot of people say like, I want an equal partnership and mm-hmm. they find that it's pretty easy to achieve prior to children. But mm-hmm. then, even when that's the intention, we find that um, after kids come, that women tend to take on like 65% of the labor, while men tend to do only 35% of the labor, mm-hmm. like in general. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, men tend to overestimate what they're doing. They tend to think mm-hmm. that they're doing more, that it's mm-hmm. more equal, mm-hmm. while women tend to actually under report what they're doing like oh maybe i'm not doing as much as right we tend Uh, to undervalue it so this is where we see just like so much like conflict and resentment and mm -hmm. frustrations that can really happen after we have kids because there's just like so much to do Mm -hmm. well and like so many of those tasks are invisible like I feel like there's so many things that I do on a day to day basis that like no one would ever know. I mean, in, unless I disappeared for, you know, a week, and then they're gonna be like, wait, what? There's cat poop all over the floor. What's happening here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you gotta scoop that um, every day. Yeah, every every single day. Um, how do so for people who've already already like had kids and maybe you know, accidentally went down that path of mm-hmm. there's this really unbalanced division of labor. Like, how do you suggest that? How, what's the best way to bring that up? Because I feel like when it's an issue, it's usually probably one person feeling it more than another. And mm-hmm. then if you like, how do you approach that topic without coming off? Like, hey, I'm doing more than you and you need to step up because I feel like that it's just hard to approach in a way that doesn't, that's going to be well received. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I want to, let's be real. Like that's a burden that women often carry, which is like presenting information in a way that it's well received. Yes. But I hear you and it's like practical, like you, that's true. And I, I think like in therapy, I'm often helping women uh. like do just that. Think about you know, communicating their needs in a way that their partners can hear. But I do mm-hmm. want to just validate, like, yes. that's a job. <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a role. Absolutely. Gosh. That that you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> yeah. People tend to get angry. They talk <laughs> oh, to me because oh it's it's kinda unfair. And I guess well, I kinda because yeah, you don't realize that how like how often you do that. We're so concern about I'm I'm concerned about how you know when I call the school to tell them my kid is sick I'm concerned about how it's going to receive like how is my tone do I sound apologetic yes. enough <laughs> exactly because we're sort of so like um 
socialized. I always use that word like socialized. Yeah. We're taught. We see it. We see our moms yeah. do it. We see other women do it. We see what happens when they don't do it, right? right. That, like how they're perceived. So yeah. So I think one, I just like to acknowledge like that's that's part of the labor that we're talking mm-hmm. about. That's invisible Cash. labor, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I think there's a difference if you have a partner who like, who cares, who like wants mm-hmm. you to be mm-hmm. happy, who wants things to be equal. That's, that's an easier conversation than mm-hmm. with a partner who doesn't want things to change. Um, so I think that might, the, the conversation, how you approach it would be different. But I think mm-hmm. generally if, as soon as you can having conversations about like, how does the load seem to you? Do you feel like to my partner, I'll, we often are checking in. Like, mm-hmm. are you feeling like you're doing too much? Like, I feel like this isn't working for me. Can we have a, a conversation about the problem that like we're both kind of like responsible for? So it's like us against the problem, mm-hmm. you know, like, so a united I, front. Yeah. Like I statements, like I'm feeling like mm. a bit overwhelmed lately. I wonder if we can have a conversation about how we're, how we're doing things, how we're splitting things up. So it's sort of like, not you or Got it's it. more like I'm let's, let's change some things around. Right. Right. That um, makes so much sense. Yeah. But, um, so as a therapist with a social media presence, what are your thoughts on social media therapy, social media therapists, because I know I've fallen down some rabbit holes before where, you know, like I like something that a a therapist shares and the algorithm must just be like, she needs all the therapy, give her all the therapy accounts. And like, before I know it, I'm like probably consuming a little too much of it. And like on TikTok, like, yes, I do think like, the fact that I like the color yellow must be a trauma response. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, oh gosh. Yeah. I think that's so funny. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, we're inundated right now with therapists, Instagram therapists. And I just remember therapists are people too. And Mm -hmm. it's probably so confusing as a consumer because there's, there's actually a lot of different, approaches that therapists can have Mm -hmm. and there's some there's some kind of like universal truths that we all sort of agree on like boundaries Mm -hmm. are pretty safe to talk about i guess and self-compassion and you know things like that but you know therapists have their own you know like orientation theoretical orientation and and just sort of way of looking at things and we also often have specialties or kind of you know, focuses. So if you are someone who like works with ADHD, you might see ADHD everywhere. And if you mm-hmm. work with anxiety, you see anxiety everywhere. And so like mm-hmm. th- there, people are actually very complex, even right. though we like to simplify things. Mm-hmm. And social media is like not great for nuance. Obviously, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever you say on a little square yeah. or in a thing, like it's it, the what the algorithms, the algorithms, mm-hmm. um, I said I wasn't going to talk about the algorithm in 2024, but here I am oh, breaking no. my rule. I'm so sorry. Well, that was yeah. my fault. We'll just, we'll just pretend this didn't happen, but go on. <laughs> right. But like, <laughs> right. So we have to like say these things in very like, um, digestible ways. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not how people work. Like right. if I'm talking to someone there, I'm going to look at their history and they're like, personality and their values and their and we're gonna like 
combine things and to make have an understanding of what's going on for them. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of like, you know, if you like the color yellow, you have whatever. <laughs> is a, I don't think important. that's a real thing, just for anybody listening. I don't that I made that up. That was just an example. <laughs> right. Right. It's like we're like horoscopes. We want to feel understood. We want to feel like we make sense. We wanna mm-hmm. have a name for something that we're going through. I think that's very human. Right. Yeah. I think you know, take it with a grain of salt and kind of um yeah, it doesn't replace therapy. It's not therapy. It's right. Right. Well, and especially because like you said, you know, we're trying to like, if you were to go to therapy, I think this session is going to be longer than the 30 second second clip you come across on social media, right? That's just been distilled down to to that tiny little clip that's really digestible for lots of people. And then there's so much context missing and nuance. And yeah, you're like, maybe this wasn't even meant for you. And it's hard to know. Yeah. And therapy is really an experience. A big part of therapy, what what actually makes it effective is the relationship that you build with a therapist. It's not just about the information you're learning. It's Mm. not about like content or someone says, oh, that this means that or this. Right. It's not just the diagnosis. It's actually the the corrective experience of like getting to sort of explore your thoughts and feelings and have someone kind of mirror it back in a certain way and having trust between. So, so like, it's not therapy, but it's great to learn. I I, I do feel like um, holding back information that people could use, like behind paywalls and and behind like therapy, which can be really inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Like I think I, I think if folks like are finding community or finding some information, that's a right. good start to kind of mm-hmm. think about some things that are going on. I think that's really useful, right? right. Oh, maybe well, I yeah. do have anxiety, or maybe right. I am neurodivergent. Like. That's a good, you right? Because it does it makes it accessible for people who otherwise pro- couldn't afford to go talk to someone. Yeah, but yeah, I think um, th- there was definitely a time where I was like, "All right, I gotta unfollow some of these people." Luckily, you made the cut. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like I I don't even like feel like I do that much like therapy <laughs> stuff. I'm like always just like you know, but I mad think, about you know, something. So no, so much of, of, again, what you do, I think, is help moms feel seen in like the things that they're going through. Um, And yeah, so like, on that note, do you have any parting wisdom for moms who do feel like they struggle with that, you know, perfectionism, because they're, they're seeing all this stuff on social media about like, you know, gentle parenting, and they feel like they're screwing up all the time, I think, you know, you mentioned um, how you try to help people kind of tune into themselves, which I think Mm -hmm. is a really powerful experience. But yeah, do you have anything, any other words of wisdom for anybody really struggling in that way? Yeah, well, I guess on that, like on that thought, like you said, sort of tuning in, I do find a lot of us, I don't know, particularly maybe this is like a millennial thing, maybe it's a Gen Z thing. A lot of us, you know, had a lot of reliance on external feedback. I totally did. Like I wanted Mm -hmm. the A, I wanted someone to say I was good and like, you know, get an award or something like having this external feedback to tell us like, you're, you're good, right? You're, Mm -hmm. you made the right decision. You get, you get the A. And I think that a lot of us really relied on that. And then you can get some of that in the workplace, right? You can Mm -hmm. get some, you know, cookies and stars and, parenting there's not as many cookies and stars right no and 
And then we sort of are looking, I think, to experts to say, to tell us, is this, am I doing it right? Mm -hmm. And the more I think you can, yeah, look inward and sort of think about, I say like your values, your Mm -hmm. capacity, like what do you have capacity for right now? Like what, what feels good to you? What, like, and sort of learn how to kind of do that. Um, and accept that like we're not going to optimize everything we're not going right. to always do the the yes. right thing the oh best thing oh my gosh i say that yeah i've said that like we we are so obsessed with optimizing our lives and optimizing yeah. childhood and optimizing motherhood and it's like oh it's too much it's too, it's too much, much pressure just like so yeah so if, kind of being able to go inward and 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 trust your gut and figure out how to do mm-hmm. that. And so, sometimes that's a process of like, mm-hmm. you know, therapy can help with that. But um, yeah, I think just remembering we're all struggling. We're all trying to like make it work and nobody needs to be perfect. You don't need to be perfect to, to be a good parent. In fact, right. like that, that seems like a lot of pressure for your kids to like manage someone who's right. so perfect. You yep. know? Yep. Yeah. If they grow, yeah. If they're growing up with a perfect parent, how are they going to view themselves? Well, Erin, on behalf of all the parents, thank you so much for being here today. Your work is so appreciated. Um, and I'm glad, I'm so glad we got to chat about all of this. Like you can go ahead and bill me for this therapy session okay. because okay, I feel I so much better now. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you are just so hilarious and just such a breath <laughs> of fresh you. air. So I was Aww. just excited to, to chat with you and, um, Humor helps get through like parenting. I think if we can laugh, yes. hopefully not at our kids, but like with our kids, <laughs> I think that helps. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So thank you for bringing the the humor to all of us. I'll, tr- I'll keep trying. <laughs> Momplicated is a Bravadio production with support from Acast. It's hosted by me, Dana Phillips. Our producer is Andy Gardner Bernstein. It's presented solely for entertainment purposes. You can follow, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And for more content, follow me on Instagram at Dana.P.Phillips. See you next week.